Hey, what's up? Welcome to another edition of the Canvas Podcast. I am your host, Joey Uribe, and today I'm coming to you live from within the walls of the Art Institute, Orange County, located in Santa Ana, California. Today I'm sitting down with Manifest and Grumby from the band Bullets for Breakfast. How are you guys doing? We're good. Good, man. Very good. So guys, first, I want to say sincerely thank you for coming on to the show, taking the time out of your busy schedule to come over here and share some knowledge with these artists, man. It's genuinely and greatly appreciated. Yeah, man, no problem at all. So for the people that don't know Bullets for Breakfast, they are a six-piece band coming out of the Orange County area. Mm-hmm. So instead of me talking, I'm going to let Manifest here tell the whole story of Bullets for Breakfast and where they come from, their music, and so forth. So go ahead, Manifest. Cool, man. um, Bullets for Breakfast is a band uh, from Orange County, California, we'll call it, because we have so many new uh, people. Actually, and now we have to say Long Beach, because I know chemistry. Yeah. Is very proudly representing Long Beach. He does not represent. We're from Orange Southern County. California now. <laughs> <laughs> we're from California. Yeah, Southern California. We say Southern California. Okay. So um, we're a band from Southern California, and uh, we are some cross between hip hop and rock and whatever else you like. We're alternative hip hop. We'll call ourselves. Or whatever we feel like at the moment. At the moment, yes. Feel like opera. We're doing it. So where did the name come from? That's actually a, a cool uh, thing that uh, we don't get to say very often. We got sued for our first name. Or uh, we got a cease and desist order, I should say. Um, there was a, another band, I'm not going to get them famous, um, that had the name. They politely told us to not use the name. We said, we're not going to listen to you. And they sent us some papers that said otherwise. So we Grumby actually had a song called uh, Bullets for Breakfast. Um, you know, we had actually went through like two years where we didn't know what we were going to call ourselves. I mean, it was every week we came up with a new stupid thing that made one person in, in the band laugh. Um, and then we finally ended up settling on Bullets for Breakfast because it just seemed like a really cool name. Um, I mean, you could be a really small band on a marquee in Anaheim where you could the huge band and it still had that ring to it so it just felt perfect cool man and so where do you guys' musical influence come from Grumby? Counting Crows he's not kidding actually really Counting Crows that is my main influence Counting Crows and NWA okay (laughs) I'm just a little I'll just a little thrown off by the you know our, our music is if you had to ask me what our music was closest to it'd be something Gnarls Barkley-ish uh, Gorillas just alternative hip hop mm-hmm. it really is whatever we feel like doing at the moment cool. what if somebody just out of random said you know you guys sound like the Counting Crows meet NWA would <laughs> <laughs> be spot on so how long have you guys been a band uh, God, nine years I think I mean we were, we've been doing this for quite some time with each other um, we've had some ups and downs with different people we've tried to work with um we finally found where we're comfortable now and happy yeah and so as i mentioned before bullets for breakfast is a six-piece band and the other members that are here today is chemistry which is on keyboards and vocals we have jordan ramirez who's drums we have pete chalmers who's guitar and we have joey vargas from bass so can you kind of talk about how they got involved with the band you know because you guys been doing this with chemistry yeah, oh, wow. Chemistry was the, the first one to um, join in. Uh, actually, we, we had a, a DJ, a DJ Caveman, who um, was you know doing DJ work with us when we were 
first starting to do our, our live stuff, and uh, he introduced us to Chemistry, who is just a juggernaut with music. I mean, the, the guy is incredibly talented. That's the third piece of food in front of me that I'm not eating. And just so you guys know, um, there's a double cheeseburger, uh, some nuggets, and a taco on Manifest's on the yeah. table in front of him, he's determined to get a pyramid going of food that he's not going to eat for. The yeah, time. and Gr- no, don't worry, Grumpy's going to eat all fifty of the chicken nuggets. If you Every- guys hear this, <laughs> you'll hear it plenty. It's Grumpy. It's Grumpy. <laughs> but anyways, man, go go on. Uh, yeah, well, chemistry is um, a huge, huge piece uh, of, of what we do because he um, he's just that talented. We've we've actually laid off of doing any music just because why when you have chemistry in the group um, like our first record T. Crumpets and Loneliness we did all of the production we did all the instruments and everything and it was mainly just a bunch of um, three chord strums and my emotional issues it's available uh, on iTunes as well yes T. Crumpets and Loneliness if it's still there <laughs> it's there I buy it um, and uh since chemistry's been around, we don't we don't pick up instruments anymore. Not very often. Never. Where did Joey, Jordan, and Pete get into the mix? Yes, thank you for getting it all back on track. Um, I, having a rock influence myself, I, I I really love having an actual band behind you, and it was it was a few years of trying to find the right people to work with and work with each other. And uh, we finally found uh, Joey Vargas, who is it's just insanely talented. Um, and by the way, if you want to see how talented this kid is, come out on Friday. We'll be talking about that later. Um, and he was, it, he was the type of guy that you knew right away. The first song that we were practicing, it was like, I hope this guy sticks around because he's really good. Um, and then he brought along the drummer, um, uh, Hair Jordan, Jordan Ramirez, um, who's this 22-year-old phenom. The kid is just, it's like every single time he comes to practice, there's another side of him that we've never seen on the drums. And it's, he just finds a way to get better and better, which is weird. Um, and then Pete, finally, Pete Chalmers, I can't say his last name. Um, I think it's Chalmers or maybe Chalmers. Maybe it's Calmers. Could be. Could be. I'm not. Could be. Um, he joined us. He's the most recent one, and uh, he's ins- not only is he insanely good on uh, guitar, but he's also a- a quite a personality, ladies. And so, Grumpy, you're the beatbox. Yeah. Where'd your style come from, man? How'd you start doing that? What got you interested in doing that? The Fat Boys. I used, when I was a kid, I, I traded. The game Marble Madness on Nintendo for a Fat Boys cassette. Tell and me I, you've seen Disorderlies. Oh, I have it on DVD. I think it's on my Netflix queue, too. <laughs> <clears throat> but, yeah, I traded that in. The, I traded the the video game for the, uh, which one was it? The Fat Boys are back, I think it was. And then I traded another game for DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince Rock the House. And the title track on that, Rock the House, there's a... Uh, beatbox named Ready Rock C and it was amazing and I just kept trying to imitate it and trying to imitate it and then I got involved with a improv jazz group and I beatboxed with the jazz group Nice. and that's kind of where I got all my my chops cool man so like 
So how did that fit into the style of Bullets for Breakfast? Because coming from an alternative rock rap type of thing, right? Like, how did that fit in with you guys? Was it like a natural transition? Or was this one day you guys were practicing and be like, hey, let me try this. Does this sound cool? Or? Well, actually, I, that, that was something that I knew about Grumby before um, we, we had, had uh, uh, hooked up. Um, I, he was always really uh, pretty well-known in Orange County for for his beatboxing skills. So I, I think it was pretty immediate that we knew we were going to implement it. And it wasn't until much later that we actually had an opportunity to, surprisingly. So um, I'm glad that he's finally getting to use it more because he wasn't using it too often, especially not anywhere on the first record, right? No. Uh, there's a couple tracks where it started off as a beatbox track, and then we just took it out and added the real music over top of it. <laughs> so Manifest, how did you and Grumby first meet? Before you guys started the band, we're foreign bullets for breakfast. All right. Um, a special shout-out to Stanley Tucker, who never seems to ever text me back. But um, uh, he, <laughs> who is a friend of ours, mutual friend, who kept calling me and saying, you got you, you got to meet this guy, Grumby. He's, he's dope. He's dope. And apparently he had been doing the same exact thing to Grumby. And, and not for one or two days, but for weeks. Not once every other day, three times a day, he would hit me up and be like, hey man, you uh, you call Grumby yet? <laughs> no, I, no. And then he would, dude, you gotta call him. And then he'd call me back 20 minutes later and he'd be like, so you call him? So finally, Grumby came in and hit me up and we had a very awkward 20 minute conversation. <laughs> it's weird when you have to hit up another dude. It was. And not only that, we pretty much got set up on a blind date we met at Disneyland's California Adventure, not Disneyland, because that would that would be weird. But we we met at California Adventure, and that was before they had the remodel where people actually went to the park. So it was pretty much just me and Grumpy and whoever sold us the the sourdough bread bowl. We we shared a sourdough bread bowl, and then we walked along the pier, and nobody was there. It was at that point there was about midway, like when we were by Mickey's Fun Wheel. Um, and, I know the name of the ride. <laughs> we were by Mickey's Fun Wheel, and we noticed there was nobody around. Like, it was the most romantic scene of any rom-com ever. Yeah, me and my wife have never done anything that romantic. <laughs> Not me and my wife haven't either. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was um, love at first sight. I, I... Cool, man. <laughs> I don't think we went on any rides, did we? <laughs> no, we were no. too busy talking and getting to know each other. <laughs> And so that was about nine years ago, guys? Somewhere like Somewhere like that. Somewhere yeah. like that. And so were you in bands before all this, Grumpy? Yeah, I was. my first band was a band called Backdrop. Um, I did that for, I don't know, five years or so. Um, and then I did the jazz thing. Um, and then I was in a group with a guy named J.K. He's actually on our first album, right? Yeah, yeah. he is. He's on our first album, and he did Revolution with us. And me and him were signed to a record contract um, with, it was like a subsidiary of Arista or something like that. And we were, I think the name ended up being Old Boy or something like that. It was something the record company picked. We didn't get to pick the name. Mm -hmm. And then from that, I did a group called Figures of Speech and then Bulls for Breakfast. Right afterwards, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you were barely getting out of the contract at that point. Like, I kind of had to wait around and find out if you were going to go live in New York for a few months. Yeah. You guys being local here in Orange County, 
Have you guys done a lot of shows out here? I mean, what's that like for you guys? Yeah, we've we've done a lot of shows, and and I think that my favorite shows to do here um, are are smaller shows. Like doing the observatory is cool, especially if you're going to do it with like some big name. But I've always liked the Linda's Doll Huts and um, the one we're going to be playing on Friday. Um, I like the smaller venues because they're just so much cooler in in, um, in Orange County. Real quick, you guys, if you guys are wondering what's going to be popping Friday night, Boots Breakfast has a show with Busy Bone from Bone Thugs, and this is going to be Friday, August 28th at 7 p.m. There is a $12 cover. It's actually called Cuban Pete's, and it's going to be in the city of Anaheim, you guys. And all that information is going to be posted here on the canvaspodcast.com, and so you can get all that information. Make sure you guys get there to go see the band. Yeah, our uh, guitarist, Pete, actually made the flyer and he was too humble to put his name so he just changed it to Cuban Place I think <laughs> and so guys how did that work how did you guys link up a show with uh, Busy Bone man we've been working with uh, some dude named Mike Hempstead for a little while he's a he's a really good promoter man I mean I've, I've never seen a dude hustle like that guy um, and we've done about f- four or five shows with him recently uh, anywhere from Fontana, and and he keeps hitting us up like, "Hey, you want to do a show tomorrow in Las Vegas?" I'm like, "I, I don't think <laughs> we can make it tomorrow, in Las Vegas, but um, maybe let let us know the next time you want to go in Vegas." He's like, "All right, next week." <laughs> All right, <laughs> the one after that. But um, we've been working with this dude for a while, and it's it's really fun getting to work with this guy because because many and majority of promoters that are out there just expect you to bring everybody. That's what they do. They they promote to bands and the expectation is the bands bring everybody. And then you have this round table of the first band will have their people in. And once they're done doing their set, everybody, all their fans go outside and then the next batch comes in and then it's just like this merry-go-round of people. But not with this guy. And I really think he's building a community and we like working with him. So... He asked us if we wanted to be part of this. I know that there was a it, it was a pretty lengthy um, uh, organization. It, it took him a while to get this one, but um, we're thinking it's going to be a huge show. You know, and it seems like you know this is going to give you um, people who aren't really fans of this type of genre to get more exposure for the band, which I think is awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, our live show doesn't scream hip hop show, but. It's ordinarily the hip-hop shows and even punk rock shows, whenever we do punk rock shows, that we get a lot of love. We get people who were sitting you know, stagnant the entire time, all of a sudden getting up and, and dancing or doing whatever, you know, just kind of like acting a fool and getting you know, lied and live and loud, and that's always cool. Now, let me ask you guys, what is your opinion on the live music scene nowadays? I think we've been making music long enough that it's time to just experiment. So that's one of the reasons we're doing the music that we're doing now. But yeah, it's getting kind of tough to find a niche with the music that we're doing because everybody's doing the same thing that's on the radio. And we are uh, so far from that, I think. Mm -hmm. Are we that far from that? I I don't know. It feels like it. But maybe it's just us being weirdos. Um, But, you know, one thing that I've been finding recently is that you'll go to what is considered an underground show or somebody classifying themselves as an underground artist and they just seem to be making commercial music unsuccessfully. (laughs) You know, and that's the weird thing. I'm noticing that more and more and it's kind of bizarre that, you know, like scenes are disappearing and people are sort of just 
unsuccessfully making pop. The, the hip hop scene has changed crazy, a crazy amount since when I was younger. You know, it, it's it's no, it's not as much about the music and the culture anymore. It's more about showing up and looking good and wearing sunglasses. And yeah, dark nightclub. I remember going to hip hop shows when I was younger, and there would be. B girls dressed in Adidas track suits and Adidas doing backflips off of speakers and it was crazy. And now I go to a show that says it's a hip hop show and there's just girls in tight dresses standing off to the side. There's no more B girls. It's the the whole culture has changed. You know, and I remember growing up too with that whole B boy B girl. You know, the yeah. DJs. You know, me and my buddy Juan right there. We used to go to you know raves and we used to love raves and stuff. At that age, you know, it was it was different at that. You would see people 10 years ago today that look out of place, out of rave. Everything's changed, man. It seems that today rap, even rock, man, it has a lot of electronic influence and everything's very artificial. Everything's not what it used to be. So you guys obviously haven't got onto that type of thing, you know? No, no. I mean, you know, we've definitely um, worked with, you know, just beats, but... I've definitely um, been a huge proponent in live, and especially when you're doing it live, having live music behind you. It's just, it's organic, and it just makes sense, and it's it's perfect to get people to, you know, to stimulate people. And nobody sees that anymore, especially on the hip-hop nights. When we go to the hip-hop nights, it, part of the reason that people like us is because were almost a novelty. They've never seen a live hip hop band anymore. Nobody does that except for on the Conan O'Brien show or no Jimmy Fallon show. Mm-hmm. That's the only time you see a live hip hop group anymore. There was a, a girl who at the the show in Fontana who actually thought that our musicians were just going to play air guitar, and I thought she was kidding, but she wasn't kidding. Like after I laughed, she looked at me stone faced and. That's the, the, the like lack of familiarity some people have with like m- musicians at a hip hop night. Really? Yeah, I'm not joking. I know that sounds <laughs> like a sorry. contrived <laughs> story, but yes, that is absolutely true. I'm just a little dumbfounded by that, man. Just... <laughs> I, actually, you know what? One of these days, I think we should go to a hip hop show and just do nothing but air guitar. <laughs> so being a band together, what kind of doors has this open for you guys? Locally, and you know, have you guys toured outside of California? Yeah, no. Well, we've only really, um, we've only really been doing shows for about, I would say, a year. We did with shows this before band. Then. We yeah. we've had a lot of setbacks with this group. Mm-hmm. The first guy we started off with tried to ruin the group for no reason. <laughs> uh, the second guy that we worked with, we were. It just didn't work. <laughs> then we put together a live band, and they hated each other, and that fell apart. Well, you can't you can't fast forward through the part where we were like pretty much signed, and then we also had a um, manager who who gave a, like put us into the worst shows ever, <laughs> where we all got suicidal afterwards. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Okay, yeah, let's talk about <laughs> oh, that. Lord. Hey, by the way, um, I'm gonna get like murdered on my way home. <laughs> from the show by this dude, but um, no fault to our, um, our former manager, but he was brand new um, to doing music, and um, he uh, it, it was kind of my idea. I thought, hey, let's get somebody who's not completely jaded, you know. He was a really hard worker. He, he, that's the yeah, that's the tragedy of it, and um, 
and, and a super cool guy. Um, but he he would just a- accidentally book us in the worst shows ever. We did the show. Our last show we've ever did with him was uh, in Culver City for uh, what we thought was a, a radio station benefit concert. And uh, it was at a uh, former McDonald's. It, you, what, it was a McDonald's, but it stopped being a McDonald's because it was being robbed too many times. And um, the, we get there, and the, 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 the bouncer is on acid. And <laughs> we're... we're we brought like a bunch of kids with us. Like there were kids that were there to watch us because it was an all ages show. And he was just telling the kids about how he's on acid. He was on LSD, and yeah, it was crazy. And we, uh, there was nothing but a bunch of homeless people in neon clothing. Yeah, there was this guy that looked like he had a, the technical dream coat on, and there was some guy that showed up in a kung fu outfit. I thought that we were gonna. You ever seen? By the, the way, there was. Uh, the the kids we brought, that guy, that guy, and nobody else. Well, no, there was people, but they were just homeless. You've seen okay, the movie. They don't count though. <laughs> You've seen the movie Blade, right? I thought that at some point the sprinklers were going to turn and rain blood on us, and we were going to have to escape. I was looking for wooden chairs that I could break and make make uh, make steaks, steaks out of. Out of. <laughs> I, I knew all my escape. And then at the end of that show. <laughs> At the end of the show, the owner of the broken McDonald's put on the most racist album I've ever heard. <laughs> and then got on the mic and, and said, like, guys, bring the real music back. Like, he, he just, like, basically went up there for ten minutes and, like, trashed us after the Yeah. Wow. It was crazy. And our DJ had eaten or drank a lot of coffee and his farts stunk horribly the whole night. <laughs> It's it true, was just man. nothing good about that show. <laughs> that that was the worst <clears throat> night of my life. And then we did a show. It was supposed to be what was that other one? We did at the wharf, and we almost got in a fight with clowns, like real legitimate clowns with makeup. Well, you can't be that upset. I mean, the, the stage was awesome. We played in the middle of a salad bar. <laughs> yeah, these clowns came up and started slapping our guitars, guitar, and then he. I don't, know, I don't even know what he said to him, but then throughout our set, clowns in full clown makeup and big shoes and everything would come through and give us the finger and yell at us while we were playing. But what I didn't understand about that is like we weren't even mad at them. They they came up and ruined our thing, and we were like not upset. I guess we were supposed to get upset, but we don't get upset. I, I, it was kind of kind of cool. It, yeah, <laughs> it was like they're paying attention to us. Show. David, we love you, man. Call me one of these days. <laughs> We had good shows too, but those ones were. <laughs> those shows were, yeah, they, they definitely counterbalanced the, the good ones. Everybody else was depressed, and I just laughed for days about that stuff. And so now you guys are still pretty new to um, doing shows and everything. That's what we well, just talking about, right? We we've been because we forgot about all the bad ones. Well, as this new group, we're yeah. we're new to doing shows, yeah. Yeah, but with that said, though, the shows have been insane. I mean, we've we've done. Um, we were asked to do like this two and a half hour. We had to fill like nearly three hours at some coffee shop. Um, real impromptu. It was like we had a week to just get it together. And our band, we, there's no fear. There was just no fear, no uh, resilience. And we we booked it and killed that. No night. resilience? Huh? Did you say that right? Yeah, I think. Did I not say that right? I don't know. It didn't sound right. I uh, used the wrong we're word. We're going to check it in the edit bay. <laughs> And so, 
Let me ask you this. So, you know, gigs have been doing good. So what about writing new material? Are you guys looking to make a new album soon? We have an entire album recorded mm-hmm. that I have not mixed. Okay. That's yeah, we, we the last record came out in 2009. And although it did really well, like we actually really did a good job of releasing that one. And it got a lot of attention. And I know that um, the people that love it, love it. I mean, we have had a huge fan base that... Um, were, were very vocal about how they felt about it. And, and while we appreciated it, I think there was this desire to, to really, you know, swing for the, the gates. And um, we went back in the studio and essentially recorded like 20 or 30 songs that we considered, you know, we thought would be, you know, huge. And that's what we have not released in six years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get on that one day. <laughs> I'll send that to somebody to get them to mix it. So who's the main writers of the band? You, Grumpy? Or we write the lyrics. Uh, chemistry writes most of the music. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while we'll put we'll mess with the track, but Chemistry's most he writes most of the music. The way this band has been uh, playing together, though, there's no telling. I mean, it's these guys will get into um, the first hour of practice, and we won't get any of the actual songs done because they just come up with, like, an hour straight of you know new music. It's just jamming. It's like playing with Dave Matthews Band, <laughs> but good. Yeah, yeah, and and so I think that that things are bound to change. In fact, we've kind of talked about um, opposed to just putting a CD out, putting one CD out of like eight songs and eight uh, live songs, and then you know the eight more, and then eight live, and continuing to go like that. And I think that's probably how we're going to be putting it out. And I, I would imagine if Grumby finally does get those mixed, we would be able to do put that out in the next few months. Cool, man. I know earlier we had mentioned the show with Bullets for Breakfast and Busy Bone. And now, what do you think that's going to be like? Because you guys are going to have maybe two different mix of, uh, of crowds going on there. I mean, I'm sure it's more than two, but you have one that's more of like the thuggish hip-hop that we all remember from Bone Thugs yeah, and Busy. Right. And then, you know, you have people who are more alternative, you know, people that listen to rock and more newer age stuff. So how do you think that's going to blend real well? Because I see it being pretty a good mix, man. It's going to be an interesting mix. I, we've been trying to think about it um, out of curiosity. I mean, ordinarily, it really doesn't matter. I mean, there is absolutely no fear um, in getting on a stage. I mean, there's just there's none of the band. Um, has any fear whatsoever however this one I mean you know we wanted to make a good impression and it was um, it's something where we kept trying to think of who is going to be coming exactly because Bowen always had a a pretty uh, straight across the board type of um, fan base and I don't know who's going to be coming but I just know we'll be entertaining and that's all that matters nice man so you guys excited about the show yeah, I mean, I think we get excited about any show um, that we play, and we're, we're playing more and more, but this one particularly, because it's in Anaheim, it's my hometown, um, it's within walking distance, so I can be as drunk as I want to be, and I can uh, just stagger home, um, and it, it's going to be really fun to hopefully get to play in front of um, uh, the, the home crowd again. Do you guys play any instruments yourselves? Yeah, I play a keyboard, um, a little bit of guitar, uh, ukulele. Apparently, I can play drums now, because um, I, I every time the uh, my drummer gets on a, you know, has to walk out, 
take over his drums. Grumby, what about you? I play a didgeridoo. Really? <laughs> play more than a didgeridoo. I play a didgeridoo, and I play around with just about any instrument. I, I, I don't say I can play anything, but I can play enough to get it on a track if I he, need to. He picked up a piccolo like two weeks ago and just started playing it. <laughs> and I don't mean like he like blew into it and it made a noise. I mean he played like a song. So you could, yeah, he could pretty much play anything he touches. So what keeps the band going? What are your motivations? What are your influences? You know, what's the bigger picture here for Boost for Breakfast? Take over the world. Start a revolution. And ordinarily a revolution is, um, you know, political. But um, our hope is just get people to have fun again. Stop taking themselves so seriously. What is the message that your music delivers? Is it more like just, you know, carefree, have fun type of things? Or is it more of a... You know, what is Not your... our first album. It really depends on the day. Mm-hmm. It, it, the, like the first album was just him manifest being depressed, <laughs> and then on this next album, we're, there'll be some stuff that's just happy go lucky, like the song "Shining," mm-hmm. and then we have a song called "Alone" that is just manifest being depressed again. So <laughs> it's truth. It's just what whatever comes out that day. Mm-hmm. That's good, so because. I think it's really cool when you can't put a label on a band. You know, you can't just say, like Rage. Rage Against the Machine is a political band. Yeah. You know, you, you can put a label on them all day. But I think it's really cool when a band has a different variety of music that they're putting out, man. Because it keeps it interesting. It keeps it it keeps it keeps live. You, you get what I mean? Exactly. And so I know, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie to everybody and be like, I sing Bullet for Breakfast all the time. No, I, w- I had the privilege of seeing them. At their studio in Santa Ana, practice there, man. And you guys kicked ass, dude. Thank you very much, man. That was really cool of you to come down. That was, uh... and it was that song "Revolution" that I believe me and my buddy Juan were like, dude, that song is freaking sick. We will be doing that song on Friday. Really? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay. So, in terms of the show that's going to be happening on Friday, what does the set list look like? I'm glad you asked. Actually, we we <laughs> uh, pulled. The songs out of a hat, and that was how we figured out what the set was, mm-hmm. which is kind of a testament to the songs because it doesn't matter what order you play them in. We'll just start with one and end with one, um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, <clears throat> dude. I ate a lot of this. So you far. ate three. He went for three. Let's go for four. All right, cool. I don't, don't take that out because we I, we do have to talk about <clears throat> chicken nuggets. <laughs> this uh, this next segment is sponsored in part by Chicken McNuggets. Stack them and dunk them. He's struggling here to eat the nuggets, guys. But. So, <laughs> Manifest Gun- Grumpy, I almost called you Gumby. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time. Yeah. Okay. So, you guys, how important is social media, interacting with your fans? How does that play you know, a role in what you guys are doing in the band? Insanely um, pertinent. Because how you treat the people that will ultimately help you succeed is... Pivotal. It's tantamount. And you see so many people on social media that just go, hey, uh, I know you don't know me, but share my stuff and like it and tell all your friends about it. You're like, I don't know you. Why would I want to? Um, But we never did that. And we've been really fortunate to have people um, that that have been incredibly helpful. Uh, On MySpace, when uh, when MySpace still existed, we used to, you know, add people, and when they would say, oh, my God, I like your music, we would hit them up and just say, hey, we're going to mail you stickers and, and a keychain. 
And you would be surprised to what that can make somebody do. Like people would go, I'm telling everybody I know about you. And all of a sudden you'd have 50 more people that we don't know in like Albuquerque, New Mexico, hitting us up for keychains too and saying, We used to get fan letters handwritten sent back to us. Yeah, that got a little weird, but that was still super cool. I mean, we had like a P.O. box for a few years, and you know, we'd check it, and there was actually there would actually be fan mail that come in with like written handwritten letters. Yeah, you know, the social media has changed a lot since then. Mm-hmm. It's gotten a little more difficult to get people involved with your cause. It went back when MySpace. MySpace actually built a community. People were like, "Oh, I like what this is doing. Let me show people." Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, it's, it's all about what I'm doing. It's, it's it's a little more difficult to 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 get into that, get get people to yeah. But the the good thing is we have such insanely um great people that um just love what we do and tell everybody. Um the reason why we know each other, uh, Nick Alonzo has been such a driving force on Facebook. I, I, I can't even tell you the thousands of people that like our page um, that, that are all due to him. Um, he would do crazy things for a while um, where he would uh, say that he would get a tattoo um, on, his, uh, on his butt. Um, can, can, I, I can say butt, right? All right, cool. <laughs> Um, he would get. He, he was gonna get. He never. That ended up never happening. But he. We got like fifteen hundred people that would that liked us just for that. And and then not only that, but like be, like found out about us and actually like listened to our stuff and then told their people, which is really cool. Um, he did this video for like twenty five likes where he tased himself. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean the cute little you know like I, I'm gonna turn it on and you know the, and do it for just a second. He's kind of a big dude, and he did it like in his abdomen area, and he was it was there for like it was it, the video lasted long enough where you can literally see his legs give out, and his legs were like fighting it, man. <laughs> and he really like fought against that taser, but the taser won, and it was a very impressive video, and it got us like twenty five. He did all that for he almost died probably <laughs> for twenty five people. And another one, he drank, uh, he put everything in his fridge that was, not even all of it was liquid, to be honest, but he put everything that was at least semi-liquid in a giant beer stein, the kind that, like, people have at Oktoberfest. And ketchup and mustard <laughs> and that juice at the bottom of the bologna package and... <laughs> Pickles? Pickle juice. Oh, I don't remember what it was. There was, like, horseradish or something like that yeah. that was just like, no, 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 come on. You can leave that one out, and he didn't leave it out. And he drank it. He drank the whole thing like he enjoyed it. It like he, it, you know, usually when you do those types of things at like a hometown buffet on a dare, you do them. You just, you know, you just shotgun. You just take it down. He sipped it like it was fine wine, and he he got sick in the middle of it. And it was like five minutes of discomfort. If you watch it, I'm sure it's still online. And I mean, you know, he even got his brother to do crazy stuff. Um, and it was. You know, he got this thousands of people um, in front of thousands of people, and it's that type of community that you you know, if you're fortunate enough to appreciate and give them stuff that that you know is quality, um, you, I, we feel like we can do anything with people like him um, involved. 
Yeah, Nick's been a definite supporter of my show too. Him and his wife Kelly. Oh yeah, if Kelly. it was if Kelly. I had a million people, if I had a million Nick and Kelly Alonzos, I'd be famous by now, man. But you know, I definitely thank you, Nick and Kelly. I love you guys genuinely so much, man. Yeah, for, for all sure. your guys' support, you guys are very important to what we're doing here. Absolutely. So yeah, special shout out. <clears throat> He's like an honorary Bullets for Breakfast member, as far as I'm concerned. So is she. Yeah, cool guys. What 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 we want to do is we want to get out there and just go crazy on shows. I mean, I'm so confident in in what we're doing now. I mean, we've been we've always had what I find good music. But um it's being able to translate that to people, especially now in this um in this climate where, you know, Facebook nobody cares. You have one shot maybe, maybe to Show them what you got and impress them because it's so self-involved. It's it's what my cat did that's cute, or um, how traffic has me mad, so I'm going to tell the world about it. Nobody cares to look outside of themselves now. Um, so the only place I feel like you can truly get in front of people and engage them is live shows. And and I'm it's it's just I can't stress enough how insanely lucky we are to have um, found such an in talented grouping of people um, that are, are not only very talented but um, very witty, very funny, very cool. And um, we just look forward to doing a million shows all across the country. Cool, guys. You agree, Grumpy? I agree. All right, so Grumpy Manifest, we yeah, sort of went down the history of Bullets for Breakfast. We talked about where the name came from, mm-hmm. where you guys are from, talked about how you guys started out, who's in the band now. And we talked about your music, your musical influences, your styles, and, you know, your shows coming up. Is there any advice that you guys can give to other musicians out there? And even if they're not only musicians, I'm talking about artists in general, about hard work and what they do and, you know, motivation, what keeps you going. Anything you can say for them out there? Yes. I do have advice. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Stop taking yourself so seriously. How many thousands of people try to add you a day on Facebook or whatever social media you do and they and they and they try to act like it's this idea of faking it until you make it, which was cool seven years ago before everybody was doing it. Stop doing that because everybody's doing that. So do the opposite of faking it until you make it and and I think that you'll be have such a um a better chance of of reaching the people you want to reach if you just are genuine and real. And so before we wrap it up, guys, I want to ask, is there any chance, because I know there's four of you missing here, and I know it may sound a little different without the rest of the members being here in the band, but could you give us a sample of what you guys will be working with on Friday? Yeah, man. I mean, it's definitely an experience all uh, to itself when you see the live band. They are they are amazing. They're, they they in themselves. If they just did a show, I'd go and see them. Um, but uh, Grumpy, you wanna you wanna get a big yeah, box yeah. going? All right, you guys. So right now, this is Manifest and Grumpy from Bullets for Breakfast. There are four dudes missing, but they're gonna make it happen. So here's Bullets for Breakfast with Bad Bad Man. <laughs> Canvas Podcast. Bullets for breakfast. Yo, 
Now what do you do when everybody gifting your cooters and making net for the other land and hand and food? You through all of the drama, all of the everyday bullcrap I face. I feel like a slave to the life that I write, but hey, I wish I wasn't seething. I wish I could just wish and then everything would become easy. I wish people believed me, wish I knew someone that could read me and not be so confused when I'm speaking. They say life is what you make it. If I was naked, I wouldn't have an abdomen because the ass is in my stomach ate it. Wish I could sit back and laugh and learn to relax when these Xanaxes attack. Or maybe I should be more like my father and not bother. I'm not strong, so I'll repeat the cycle as I pop the pill bottle and bottle it in. Wake the next day and repeat it again. I'm a bad, bad man. This is Jonas Grumpy's part. I'm a bad, bad man. You know that I'm a bad, bad man. Yes, I am. Jonas Grumpy, take it away while I eat some chicken nuggets. Alright, there it is, you guys. You just heard a sample of Bad Bad Man from Bullets for Breakfast with Manifest and Grumby. Be sure to check out Bullets for Breakfast with Busy Bone Friday, August 28th at 7 p.m. It's going to be at Cuban Pete's, and that is located at 1750 West Lincoln Avenue in the city of Anaheim, California. It's 7 p.m. It's a $12 cover. All this information is going to be posted on the canvaspodcast.com. So be sure to check it out, you guys. Yeah, and you could also find more um, on the Bullets for Breakfast page as well if you just go type in Bullets for Breakfast. And all their links to Facebook, to their music page, is going to be posted on the website as well. And so make sure you guys check it out. Please support your local artists, guys. Our whole mission here is to, you know, help everybody grow one way or another. And I know that... That our boy right here is very humble, but I'm gonna say it before him. You need to share this, not because we're on it, but because he's amazing. And I keep telling this dude he's amazing. He's like, I don't think I'm amazing because everybody doesn't share my stuff. And I'm like, dude, you by how many? And he's like, only 500 people share my stuff. I want 10,000 people right now to share him. Now I want every single one of you to tell your mothers, your fathers, everybody. I want. I want you to get your mom and dad to create Facebook accounts just so they can share his stuff. With your old AOL email address. <laughs> Seriously, this dude is super You've talented. Got, He's know. blowing up, and we're very ecstatic to be on the show. Thank you for the kind words, gentlemen. It's seriously appreciated, man. So at this time, we're going to be wrapping it up with the Canvas Podcast. I thank you for joining myself. Grumpy Manifest for Bullets for Breakfast. Guys, please be sure to check them out. Support them all you can. Grumpy, you suck tonight. I'm sorry, man. I tried. This is the best I've got. <laughs> sorry, that was amazing. You did great, man. Spreading your message, man, to other people, bringing awareness to other people about who you are and who the band is, man. I definitely dig you guys. And thank you. From the bottom of my heart, both of you gentlemen, thank you for taking this time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. So all their links is going to be posted on the canvaspodcast.com. Be sure to check their Facebook out. Be sure to like the page. Be sure to share it with everybody you guys can see, man. But until that time, anything you guys want to say before we leave? Yeah, man. Um, this Friday, August 28th at the Cuban Place in <laughs> Anaheim, Cuban California. Place. It's called the Cuban Place also. Okay. Um, the first 100 people in there get a free $100,000. <laughs> 
So uh, just make sure that you're one of the first 300 people there and you walk away with $100,000. <laughs> you can't put that on a podcast. I just did. <laughs> All right, guys, so be sure to check it out on Friday. Maybe you'll become back a rich man or woman. So until the meantime, this has been myself, your host, Joey Udibe with Manifest and Grumby, signing out of the Canvas Podcast. Share this, dude. Stay tuned.